This is Got Marketing, a fad-free, fluff-free, no-nonsense podcast for marketers looking to work smarter. I'm your host, Mia Feilman, a marketing strategist with over two decades of experience and an entrepreneur. I'm tired of marketers telling you what you want to hear. Instead, I tell you what you need to hear. During the show, I chat with creatives and strategists about all the aspects of marketing, but especially marketing campaigns. Unpacking and dissecting marketing campaigns is what I do for fun. Got Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, the marketing education platform where marketers and entrepreneurs go to upskill. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello, and welcome back to the Got Marketing podcast. If content is king, then video marketing is the master of the universe. With the rise of platforms like TikTok and even Instagram prioritizing video marketing in the form of reels, I thought that this would make a great episode topic today. So I reached out to a small business owner who absolutely nails their video marketing and invited them onto the show. Joining me today is Jonathan Steedman, who is the Principal Dietitian and Head Honcho at Bite Me Nutrition. He is an accredited practicing dietitian and a nutritionist passionate about simple, sensible nutrition and, well, vegetables. Welcome, Jono. Thank you for having me. I know it's a stereotype, a dietitian obsessed with veggies, but uh, you you can't buck the trend. Uh, Definitely not. I'd love to hear your brand story. I don't just want the juicy bits. I want all of it. So tell me how you went from dietitian to bite me nutrition. Yeah. um, So the dietitian was sort of thrown together in four weeks right at the beginning of the pandemic. So like May 2020. And so it was the branding was done by my wife in Canva. Um, the photos were taken in my kitchen. It was all very quick. We were juggling lockdown and, you know, it was just throw it together, get something together so it can get working. Um, the name Gaetitian came from an old, I can't, I can't even remember where it came from, but started operating as that for maybe a little over 12 months. And the, the name, obviously it's a play on me being a guy and dietitian, but the name had a few issues. Like firstly, it's quite singular. And so when looking to grow a team, it didn't really sit right with me. Two, I had a surprising amount of people think I only worked with guys. So that was was not ideal given that I would say actually probably 90% of my clientele just just so happens to be female. And it was flippant terrible for SEO. Well, actually it was great for SEO in one way, but in the other way, everyone misspelled it because dietitian in Australia is spelled with two T's, whereas pretty much everywhere else else it's T-I-C. And so there was lots of issues with emails bouncing back and just all of that. So I, I knew it was time for a change. Bite Me Nutrition is actually a brand name I've sort of had floating around since I graduated, but never really did anything with it. And the stars just sort of aligned to, to represent a little bit more what I wanted to do in terms of nutrition itself, the business itself. I like that it's a bit tongue in cheek, you know, which I think plays into the, my branding a little bit and, and the way I want to do things and could not be happier with the outcome. Oh my gosh. So true. And so many interesting points that you just made there. First of all, how good is Canva? Game changer for small businesses. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also 
like humans are simple creatures. If you put dietitian in the name, then that's what they're going to assume it's for. True story. I did quite a bit of work for Black Swan Dips in my career and we had a yogurt and the marketing manager at the time decided that we would call it breakfast yogurt. And everyone was like, you're crazy. Why are you calling it breakfast yogurt? That's so silly. And you would be so surprised at the amount of people who bought it to eat it for breakfast. And then when we did market research with them, we're like, oh, why do you love this yogurt? And they're like, oh, I have it for breakfast because it had it on the label that it's for breakfast. Yeah, And it's just so sometimes, you know, marketing's not hard. We're not saving lives here. <laughs> it's really simple. Hammer, nail, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> So true. Okay. So I came across you because someone sent me your videos and they are hands down some of the best things on the internet. And so I really wanted to have you on the show and I'm just so curious about your creative and production process. So can we dive into that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I firstly, a lot of the branding work and a lot of the video work has a two part. I'm very, very lucky that my wife has zero graphic design background, but just has an amazing eye for that stuff. And so she definitely played into the branding component. I was looking for black, white, and a strong contrast in color, picking between four colors. <laughs> uh, probably see where this is going. If, you've, if anyone's seen the videos, I can't remember whether it was my wife or myself or uh, Ben, who was responsible for the videos from Goliath Productions, who was who came up with the idea of like, why don't just use all of them. You know, my industry definitely suffers from an overkill of green and beige and brown and earthy natural colors, which is what, you know, works really well for some brands, um, but wasn't really the path I wanted to go down. So we went for uh, the brief was aggressively colorful. And then mostly it just, it was all filmed in one day in my house. We had massive, you know, the massive colored backdrops. So there's no editing going on. I am wearing colored shirts that I had to hunt on the internet to match the colored backdrops that we had to hunt to match the branding colors. And it was just putting a bunch of videos together and a pretty, I already sort of had funny photos with food from the dietitian. Again, posing with food is pretty common in my industry, but it's often people laughing at salads. So I sort of wanted to take it a little bit of a step further. And yeah, the videos, like I said, a combination of, you know, I, I would, I wrote most of the scripts and then myself and Ben just bouncing ideas back and forth and then as I often do asking my wife hey is this funny is this a good idea or not and she'd you know add it in so it was very much a melting pot of of all of our ideas so lots of work not a huge amount of design <laughs> a lot of it just sort of coming together with, with a bit of luck and a bit of fluke but unbelievably yeah happy with the outcome so good and it what's really interesting is that like you've curated creativity within your business, whereas there seems to be this real tendency to outsource creativity. But you brought Ben, who I now understand is one of your good friends, and your wife, who yeah. I, I dare say you get along with. We're, we're close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was that true collaboration of that created such a wonderful result, whereas the way that that traditional agency client relationship works is very kind of like there's a invisible wall there they're like I I there's a client send the brief over and then they respond and like you guys just smash those walls and we're like look can we just all get in a room and figure this shit out and create something really great 
and it comes across. Yeah, it was it like I said, I was very lucky to have those people in my life uh, with those amazing skills, and it just sort of it, that's why I think it felt. I won't say easy, <laughs> natural, you know, in terms of nothing felt forced, all of the ideas felt very true and authentic and, and all of those words, which I, I know can be really difficult to achieve. But like I said, just, just got lucky. <laughs> Amazing. So they're fantastic videos and they've performed really well on, you know, social media, but what are some of the results from the videos? Probably a week doesn't go by where I don't get a compliment from an existing client or someone on, on social media or just someone who stumbled on the website and just, yeah, so so lots of really good feedback from that perspective. I think it helps set the brand apart because it, it looks so different. I also filmed a lot of videos on the day that aren't public. That sounds dodgy. Uh, <laughs> like client, client journey videos. So when someone books, they get a welcome video from me with the same production design and then uh, they'll get a video after their first consult and they'll get a video in a few you know if there's been a few months where we haven't caught up just to check in and so I think those as well have also helped strengthen you know existing client relationships and and broken down again I do a lot of my work remotely and so if you have a practice or you have a, a shop where you've got a space you can make that really welcoming and warm but it's hard to do that in, a, in an online business and so having those videos I think has added that extra level of design and personal touch that has helped strengthen those client relationships even though they are remote so that aspect of the videos has been been really helpful as well. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Like in marketing speak, we call that the customer experience and it's so great to meet a small business owner who understands that and prioritizes that really exemplary customer experience and delivers that. So yeah, well done, Nate. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Gut Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, a marketing education platform for entrepreneurs. Master the fundamentals of marketing, nail your email marketing strategy, or join my signature program, Campaign Classroom, and learn how to create killer marketing campaigns. These are not the kind of online programs where you are left floundering, unsure how to put theory into practice. Nor will these programs sit unfinished for months. You can expect accountability, a supportive community, and to walk away with practical, real-world marketing skills. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. And how have the videos performed in terms of growing your audience on social media? Because that is obviously a key issue for a lot of the listeners is that they want to build their audience yeah i wouldn't say hugely if i'm perfectly honest um oh look i, I guess the videos were part of a bigger rebrand so having those colors and then having stills from those videos which i've been able to use to create static posts and things and that has you know i think if you were to come across my i don't feel arrogant saying this because i feel like i had so little to do with the design so i'm, I'm, I'm happy to say like damn, it's good. So I feel like if you come onto my Instagram page, you, you, it stands out, it jumps out because of the colors and the different um, design elements. So maybe not specifically the videos themselves, but I think the content overall has definitely helped grow uh, with reach and following. Followers don't translate into sales necessarily, which is probably something we could talk about as well. But uh, in terms of growth, 
the whole rebrand in, in general has been has been beneficial. I wouldn't say that the videos themselves have been relevant for that growth. They're probably the next stage. Someone finds the the brand and then goes onto the website and then gets to see those videos and gets a better understanding of sort of what we're about. What a surprise. One thing doesn't change the world. It's the combination of lots of things. Yeah, it's really such a it? shock come, coming from a integrated marketer. So yeah, I think that that is a seriously good message is that it's there's no silver bullet in nutrition or in marketing, that it is that combination and that integration of that seamless brand experience. So on your website, you've got the creative theme consistently running through the website, the social channels, the actual onboarding client experience, the offboarding client experience, so that it creates that beautiful consistency of messaging. Love it. So good. I try to, like, I don't have a marketing background, but I try and I, I guess it's probably a dietitian thing, right? We want to know how people tick. We want to understand people and have the ability to get inside their minds. Sounds a bit scary. I mean, you know, we, we will learn about the person and, and things. And so I think that kind of view of marketing is something I've always been interested in. And so looking at other brands and the way that they outside of my industry and the way that they do it has always been really helpful because I do think in my industry, I'm no offense, other dietitians. I think it is a bit of a gap in our market. We're not very fantastic at branding, which is because I think a lot of the time we feel like it uh, waters down our strengths as a practitioner because we're focused on getting the best clinical outcomes for our clients, as we should be. But I don't think one blocks the other. I think it's there's space for both and should be space for both. Absolutely. We are definitely going to talk about the fact that you like to throw shade and I love to throw shade at other marketers in my industry. And so we will definitely be getting to that. So don't go anywhere because that's, that's, that's the chat for sure. But I love that you don't have a marketing background. You are the poster child of small business owners who can absolutely learn to do this shit for themselves and build a very successful business. And, you know, this is why I was so interested to talk with you because there is a lot of 95% of my audience are females as well. And there is this misconception that, oh, well, I'm not a professional marketer. I don't have a marketing background, so I can't possibly do all of this, which is just not true. Absolutely not true. Yeah, I think, well, like anything, you you have to suck at something at first and then the more you do it, the better you get at it. My initial, oh, I should dig it up, the initial branding for Bite Me Nutrition from five years ago was interesting. <laughs> my first my first few Instagram, I my, oh, my first few years on Instagram were horrible, you know, like it's it's like any, it's a skill, right? And like any skill, you're going to suck at it. And there'll be parts of the skill that you pick up quicker than others and will come a bit more naturally to you. And there'll be other parts that are a hard grind and you're never going to be great at them, but that's, that's why you got to work. <laughs> I also think that love it or hate it or whatever, it is a business necessity. So put on your big girl panties and just get it done because it is not going anywhere. So honestly, if you are somebody that's like, I just hate the marketing, don't want to do the marketing, not interested in the marketing, and you 
don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to outsource it, then I really question whether you should be in business because it is just, it is an absolute necessary evil. So as you said, just suck it and see (laughs) and just get it done. And even for me as a marketer, there are so many things that I've had to learn how to do myself over the last three years of running my startup. As a marketer, I'm used to having minions that write the copy for me and that do the social media posting for me and that have to go into, that go and design these beautiful designs in, not in Canva. And then as a bootstrap startup founder, well and behold, I can't afford to pay anyone to do any of those things, not in the first five years. And so I've had to do, learn all of those things myself. And yeah, the first couple of videos I made were terrible. So, so, so bad. But you just got to start somewhere, right? It's a bit of a rite of passage, right? Everyone's got their terrible reel or their terrible video or their terrible copy or lots of, of that stuff, you know. And I think if you think about all of the different aspects of running a business or being in business, there's probably components of it that you enjoy maybe you really enjoy the financial dashboarding side of things and going through your numbers but you hate marketing well for every one of you there's going to be someone who's the opposite who loves marketing but hates the financial thing but you can't just not do your numbers because you don't like doing it you know there's parts of your job that will be a job and so maybe for you marketing is the work component but tough (laughs) yeah do you know what I think the problem is the romanticization that's a word the romanticization of entrepreneurship (laughs) it's like you know find a job you love and never work a day in your life like who the fuck said that like how is that true yeah, you can set your own hours <laughs> um, as long as those hours are like, you know, 6 six a.m. till 2 a.m. I think, yeah, I, I definitely think there's a huge push out there with all of the laptop, you know, work by the beach, work by the pool, those sorts of things. And like no one's doing that. No one's really doing that. So stop trying to to get to that place, you know. Maybe they are doing it, but it certainly doesn't happen in the first three well, years. Not. It won't happen in the <laughs> yeah, it won't happen in the first five years. It is only after you have put in all the blood, sweat, and tears that you and I are putting in that you can start to reap some of those rewards. But then I wouldn't be lounging too long on the beach because if you are not moving forward, then you are going backwards in business. And so I really question that narrative of work 10 hours a week and create a wildly successful business. Like that's in a very, very small percentage of cases. Yeah, I I have not stumbled upon how to do that, but I'll keep you posted. Yeah, please do. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you can put it into a like $49 plug and play template that you can sell to people. They can. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, it's usually, it's usually $15.99. It's usually $15.99, but just for this week, it's $49. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) Okay. So you said this earlier that followers do not equal sales. Many of your videos have gone what we like to call viral. Does virality equal sales? No, 
Definitely not. Virality probably does equal followers to a certain extent. Yeah, the the biggest leaps in my following has have been because a post or a video has been reposted by either lots of people or by certain big accounts and definitely get a ton of followers from that. But I think something that's often overlooked is the quality of those followers. And I that's almost a separate content strategy in and of itself. You know, I have lots of content that I make that I know won't get tons of likes. I know won't get, won't go, certainly will not go viral, but it really strengthens the relationship with myself and the followers and, and hopefully positions me as that, you know, trusted voice for nutrition. And so the viral videos, A, you should never try and make a viral video, but obviously there's certain types of content where, you know, like if I'm playing a dumb song on my toy piano, I know there's, that's far more likely to go viral than me holding up a frozen meal. But at the same time, <clears throat> that frozen meal post is going to have a lot of good nutrition information and some actionable points. And that person is, hopefully the people reading that are going to go, oh, this guy actually is really helpful and he knows his stuff. So even though that might get a quarter or, or infinitely less <laughs> of the, the likes and the reach as the silly song parody, the song parody isn't what's going to be converting you know, followers into clients. I love that. So the lesson there is that, you know, not to be evaluating your social media content by how many reach, how much reach and how many followers it generates, but other more important metrics, like, you know, how many people save that, how many people tap on your profile, what are your website clicks or what are your sales? Like, what are your conversions? Because I completely agree. There are some posts that I share on Instagram that are, I guess, purely promotional where I'm saying, Hey, purchase this product. And while they don't perform well at all from a reach or impression, they actually end up with dollars in the bank account, but people are afraid to do that because they are measuring all of their Instagram content by vanity metrics. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to not look at that stuff. I try my very best to not look at reach and likes and, you know, to, there are times where going through those metrics can be valuable to get a sense of what style of content is landing. But like you said, you can't just completely go all in on the posts types that are getting you the most likes because the posts that sell are the ones that are going to pay your electricity and keep a roof over your head and then, you know, allow you to invest in staff or infrastructure or software that's going to allow your business to grow, which is great for you as a business owner, but it's also really good for your clients because obviously the more, you know, money I can invest into my business, the better service I can provide my clients, you know, and so me playing a song parody on a toy piano probably isn't helping too much in that scenario. Yeah. I think the question that you come back to is, do I want to be popular or do I want to get paid? <laughs> and so I really feel that what I tell my customers is that every piece of content needs to lead somewhere. And, you know, it's it needs to be fit for purpose. Some of your content needs to be about reach and engagement and building your audience, but some of your content needs to lead to website traffic so that you can capture them onto an owned platform. Some of your website content needs to be, you know, high value so that you can establish yourself as a credible thought leader or authority in your space. Some of your content should be funny and humorous so that you can showcase your brand personality, but 
all of it needs to lead somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. It needs to be purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you've got all those structures in place, then you need to use them, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Good news. There's more to this chat. Play the next episode to hear the rest of the conversation. 